How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Hello, my friends. I'm back today. Today's day four. It's the sexy day, right? (laughs) I sure hope you guys all think it's as sexy as as I do. It's totally worth all the turkey and all the figgy pudding in the world. Uh, I don't know why I said figgy pudding. I don't even know actually what that is, but I really like the way it sounds and I really like to say it. Today is the day we talk about the actual traffic strategy. So here we go. You learned the tech what you need. Um, let's call it the tech stack because that sounds like super profesh, right? So you learned your tech stack. You kind of learned the the keyword research strategy. I feel like that's one you're either really gonna have to go through the email again or, or listen to the show again, but you, you got the gist of the keyword research um, strategy. And now today you're going to use each of those five topics that you decided on to write a blog post. Grading, I know, but really you're just such a bunch of kidders. You are writers. You can do this. No more eking. Okay. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Okay. First, I want you to keep these things in mind when you're writing. Okay. These aren't your books. They're not your books. They don't need to be perfect. You don't need to agonize over every single word. Deal. Okay. Um, in the companion, uh, class on marketing for children's authors, there is a blog post template and I think I'll share it on the email as well. So it's on a Google doc. It shows you, shows you how it works. You can just click the link, open it up. You'll have to make a copy. Please do not ask me for editing access. I'm not going to give that to you. I'm just going to delete that. Um, so, so open it up, make a copy. And then I want you to follow the system when you're using, um, using those keywords to write the, the blog posts. Okay. So first you're going to write the first draft and this is like free writing, no editing, no grammar checks, no changing anything. Just let yourself free write. You might need to put those noise counseling headphones on that we've talked about a few times, (laughs) especially if you're doing it this week. Um, I'm expecting you'll take like the month of January to write these five posts. Okay. So, so write, free write it. Uh, if you can like leave it for a bit, like walk away, have a glass of water, have a cookie. I'm all about the cookies. Go outside, look at the sun. I don't know, whatever you do. And then go back like for 10 minutes. Don't like, <laughs> don't go away for a week. Okay. Uh, for 10 minutes, then go back. And now you're going to edit it for your spelling and for your grammar, grammar, not for your grammar. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's with me today? Edit it for your grammar, everybody. Do it how she would want it done. <laughs> uh, maybe I need a food break. Okay. So then after you've edited it for your grandma, then edit for clarity. So you've done your spell check, you've done your grammar, but sometimes your ideas just, you know, like, word vomited out of your fingers. And so they're not clear. They might be spelled correctly, but they're not clear. So now I want you to really make sure that your ideas are clear to understand. And then last, you're going to edit it for fun. So punch it up with exciting words. If you have said the word amazing anywhere in this blog post, I want you to use a thesaurus and change that word. Um, you know, add a, you can add a couple of emojis, but really what's more exciting is, is your actual word choice. So try, you know, with this, as the last step to, to make it more exciting to read, try for a thousand to about 1500 words. And if you're writing about an hour a day, then it should take you like about two weeks to complete all of these. So it was about a week to complete the research about two weeks to write these posts. Um, and, uh, 
you know, and, um, you have a week of like wiggle room, right? So after you write the blog posts, if you have your own website and you have your own blog, then that's cool. You can put like one of them on your own blog. But the key here is actually to spread these out. So you're going to reach out to other bloggers and you're going to offer to share your lovely pre-written blog post with them. And trust me when I say that bloggers want this. It is so much easier to slap up somebody else's post, to slap up somebody else's blog than it is to write it yourself. But now you're a machine, right? So you, you picked your five topics and then you picked, you put those keywords together that go with them. So take those keywords from yesterday. Make sure that you say them in your blog post so they can be subheadings. You can talk about them a little bit. And after you've done five of them, like five blog posts, I actually want you to go back and write five more. And if at all possible, I want you to write five more. (laughs) Yes, I just slid that right in there, everybody. If possible, this month in January, this month in January, next month in January, I'd really like you to write 10 to 15 of these. And when I tell you the strategy, you're going to understand why. Um, we're going to reach out. And so if you have the companion class, I'm going to give you actual email wording for this. So don't freak out. Okay. Um, you're going to reach out to bloggers and be like, Hey, I wrote a blog post. This is the title of it. Isn't it catchy? Do you want to post it? Yay. This is called guest, guest blogging, guest posting. I don't know. That's what it's called. Um, and they want it. Trust me. I have a blog. I don't blog very much. Um, but somebody wrote a post for me, uh, about two weeks ago. I think it's called marketing in a pandemic and she's a writer for Readsy. And so I was like, sure. <laughs> so she did it and I posted it. I was done in like 10 minutes. It was amazing. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me. And so if anybody's ever had this happen before, they know how great it is. So you're going to have a really great reception, but basically you're writing as a human, you're writing to them. Like you don't have to be like, Hey, like I am. That's just me joking as I talk to you now, but you know, hi, this is my name. I'm a children's author. I've written this I've written actually three blogs um, for you to choose from if you'd like to have them on your website. So here's the three different titles, you know, because you don't really want to give them 15 titles, right? That's too much choice. So give them three titles. Um, they should all, I mean, you've done your research for the blogs, right? So you know that it's going to be great for their audience. Obviously, you're not going to pitch a teaching blog to a homeschooling type um, site, right? You need to match it up. That goes without saying, right? Um, you're going to look for a small to medium site. So if you can figure out the visitors, often they have it on there, but 50,000 or less per month. If you head straight for Forbes or today's parent, <laughs> chances are good. They're not going to get back to you. Okay. It's just going to be too hard. And that's going to be hard on your ego. So 50,000 or fewer visitors per month is what you're heading for. Um, Um, so I already told you, don't be like a a car salesman when you pitch them. This is a pitch. Uh, don't come off like, Oh, I'm fantastic children's author. I'm going to do you a favor. I mean, you are, but don't come off like that. So you, you want to compliment them, tell them how much you like their work, their site, their mission, all that kind of stuff. Let them know you've got a blog. It's titled your amazing headline. (laughs) I'm going to help you figure that out. So don't freak out yet. Uh, and would they be interested in it? And, and like I said, offer them a few choices because you've written so many, you have some to offer. Um, here's the key to this. 
So I want you to lean in or turn me up or walk away from the noise. This is the key that I have learned. Okay. The first email you send is almost like a step you just have to do so you can get to the second email. That's the truth of it. It's like the must do step. You, it doesn't feel good necessarily to have to send the follow up, but if you don't send the follow up, you're almost never going to get a response. So you have to send the first in order, in order to send the second. That's funny, right? Here's my own experience. And I don't know if you're at this point yet where you get random solicitations on your email, but the first email I get, I almost always, I just assume it's spam or a scam and I just ignore it and delete it. Sometimes I have it, like, usually I always have a read through because I'm like, what is this? But then I delete it. When I see their name a second time, I feel obligated to respond, even if my response is a no. But seeing their name come up a second time, it's like it puts them up on my to-do list. The first time, spam, scam. Away you go into the trash. Second time, okay, I owe this person a response because they took the time to get back at me. Okay? The second time, I know it's not a bot. It's likely not a scam, like some kind of thing, just auto sending. And the chance that it's a real person who actually means what they say, that's much, much higher. Um, so in the template pack, there's email swipes. You can just personalize them and send them. And when you do that second follow-up, you know, what's so easy is if you send the first one and then you queue up the second one. So please don't use your hotmail. <laughs> Should I say that again? Do not use your Hotmail. And I am Hotmail years old. I am a full participant in the Hotmail culture, but I don't use it for business. Okay. So in Gmail, there's like a little amazing setting where you can schedule an email. So, so send the first one and then schedule your follow up to go like three or four days later. Okie dokie. So you're making sure that the blog article that you've written is congruent with that site that you're pitching. But you also, at the end of your blog or in the middle, wherever it works, you're going to create an opt-in. So that's like a freebie, a lead magnet. You've probably seen it called a lot of different things, but it's a a free thing that what you're going to do is um, grow your email list with it. And that's the whole point of what we're doing, right? So in that blog article that you're offering as a favor to this site, this blogger, there's an opt-in and it's going to be very congruent with the article that you've written. Of course, it's also going to tie into the topic of your book or the benefit or the message, right? It's all, it's not specifically like it's not going to be named your book title, but it's all going to tie in together. So if it's about kindness, if it's about music, right, it's all the same stuff. Um, so the way that you can figure out like, what should I offer for free? Cause this can be hard. Um, I have some examples for you in that companion class, but you can just figure this out on your own. You, you head back to the Google and search using that keyword again that you're using for this one and see what free things come. So remember I said you're, when you see those keywords and you searched up, uh, it's almost all going to be blog posts. So then go actually into the blog post and read them and go ahead and like copy their ideas. If they have a word search, if they have a coloring sheet, if they have a scavenger hunt, do the same thing, just make it better, right? I mean, no two of those are going to be the same. I'm not saying download it and copy it. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, take the idea and go ahead and duplicate it, uh, but make it better. So maybe it's a printable pack, uh, a homeschool planner or teacher planner, a lesson plan, things like that. Honestly, I don't feel like coloring pages or all that. Like it's not, I'm not, likely to give you my email address in exchange for a coloring page. Um, there's a dime a dozen for free with no email necessary, right? 
So as an example, like if the blog is geared to teachers, don't make some kind of option for, for homeschoolers, but you could do something like here's something for teachers that they could print out and give to their kids to do at home. Or what's really hot this year is here's an online activity that teachers could do really easily with their kids online, their students online, right? Um, it's okay to create a few of these lead magnets, giveaways, freebies, whatever you want to call them. It's okay to have a few of them. Like maybe while you're prepping, and this can be the end of January, prep a few of them. So one maybe is geared to teachers. One is geared to homeschool moms or whoever your ideal audience is. We're not all going to be the same, but um, make two or three and gear them towards your ideal audience. And then in your 10 to 15 blogs, you're going to use those two, two or three opt-ins and they're going to be repeated over and over in the blogs. Okay. So I hope you're seeing the magic. Are you seeing the magic? Do you see the potential? This is the sexiness. Okay. So the blogger will say, yes, of course, I would love to share your blog. Thank you so much for doing that work for me. Thank goodness. They're jumping up and down behind their computer. They're going to put it on their site. But chances are really good. They're also going to post on Facebook about it, their Facebook page, their Facebook group, on Instagram, maybe Twitter and LinkedIn, depending on what type they are and, you know, like what kind of blog they are. They're going to be sharing your content. You were so clever. You included an opt-in in that content, in that article. That's right. The opportunity for your readers, your potential, like ideal reader, to grab the freebie from you, which will in turn land them on to your email list. This is the sexy magic. You hear the bells, right? Ah, so exciting for me. You're putting 10 to 15 pieces of content that people want, that people are hungry for. You're putting it out there on the internet, scattering it about like leaves in the wind. And in every single piece is a seed that will flow back to you. That was a really mixed up kind of metaphor, but they will all lead back to your email list. So you are borrowing these, these bloggers audiences. They already have audiences built in. You're borrowing those audience audiences. If the audience members, you know, are, are called to get your freebie, they're going to land on your email list. So there's these 10 to 15 blog posts circulating out there on the internet. They all have super compelling headlines. They all have the chance for people to grow your list and to get to know you and eventually fall in love with you and then become your raving fans. Oh, it's going to be beautiful, everyone. Okay. <sighs> love it. I'm so excited. Okay. The nitty gritty. You, you need a blog template. So it is in the companion class, but it's also linked in the email today, of course. Okay. Now you need to know how to write a good headline. I almost feel like we need to breathe and like, whoo, have a drink. I'm so excited. You need to know how to write a good headline. Okay. You can't just slap up anything and expect people to be intrigued and fall in love with you. So here's two formulas. Um, and I'm also going to tell you a great resource you can go to, but to be honest, like you can go to the Google and you can just type in headline formulas and you will be instantly overwhelmed with the potential. So that's why right here, because I'm all about keeping it simple and putting the blinders on and focusing, I'm just going to share two with you. But if these don't do it for you, if you don't feel like they're good enough or you want more, 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 um, there's all kinds of websites and lists that you can get like one quick Google. I found here's 50 headline formulas. And like instantly I was overwhelmed. Anyway, a classic is a how-to headline. Okay. Uh, as an example, how to keep children active is boring. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't use that. Keep listening. How to keep ch- children active is boring, but if you add in a little, a little piece of magic at the end, how to keep children active so they sleep better at night. <sighs> you hear the difference, right? Now let's add in another little piece of magic. Why not? How to keep children active so they sleep better at night with little to no effort on your part. Oh, can you see that headline? You send it to a blogger and it's a blogger for preschool moms who get no sleep. I don't know. Um, they're going to be so excited to post that article on their site because Posting that article on their site is going to make them seem like a hero to their already established audience. And that's what they all want. They want to be um, appreciated for bringing this amazing information. And with a headline like that, they're going to want it. Okay, the second formula is uh, called a curiosity formula. You might recognize it. So for example, five facts you never knew about, whatever, 10 things no one ever told you about. Now you're going to think they sound a little clickbaity and that's because they do sound a little clickbaity and people use them as clickbait because they work. People are fascinated. They're drawn in by the number at the front. I don't know why. It's some kind of psychological thing. We love those numbers at the front. Um, and we want to know more. So it's not clickbaity if you back up the promise of what you said. Okay. It's not clickbaity if there really are five facts and they really do work or if there really is 10 things and they really are like sort of brand new ish things. So it's not clickbaity. It's just a catchy headline. So at coschedule.com, there's a really cool tool. It's called a headline analyzer. I'm just going to tell you, don't get sucked into signing up for any free trials of anything at CoSchedule. I think it's like a social posting platform. Don't get sucked into anything they offer, even if it's free. They have all these pop-ups. It's just going to end up like digital garbage on your hard drive. And we are trying to be minimalistic here, right? Um, if you type in your headline, it will score your headline. So it'll give you a big you know, score out of 100. So I think the green means good to go. And I think it's 70 and above. But it's going to score your headline for emotional content, power words, overall sentiment, because overall, you don't want to sound like a negative Nelly. So it's going to give you that. And there's also like a sweet spot for words. So that one headline that was so good actually was probably too long. Um, but anyway, it's going to give you an overall score and it's a really cool tool. Trust me, you're going to like get addicted to it. So you're going to take those keywords or keywords for phrases that you, you found when you did your research and you're going to craft these amazing headlines. Ah, I used the word amazing. You're going to craft super fantastic headlines to go with them. And if you do the headlines first, often that actually really helps because it helps you focus as you're writing the blog, helps you focus like to always bring it back to what you talked about in that headline. And then, you know, sometimes you might tweak the headline or rewrite it at the end and that's okay. You have to go with your flow. But I find that sometimes creating that really good headline first helps when you're writing the blog. So the blog writing can take up to a month because you're writing five, then 10, then 50. Said that really quietly, right? Um, it just depends how fast or how busy you are. If you can write three a week, you'll have 12 done in four weeks. So that works, right? You'll have uh, 12, which is in between the 10 and 15, and you'll be really well set. Ah, okay. So here's like a little sneaky tip. We've already looked through the other posts that came up. So do that again. Look at the top ranking post for that keyword. 
what are people saying that other people are liking so much? Let's really, what's resonating with them? Is it a wow factor, a curiosity factor, a little known factor? Is it, um, you know, like advice that flies in the face of all the gurus or something like that. But try to see if you can figure it out what it is that is so appealing. And then work some of that into your own blog. Again, don't copy it. (laughs) Just use that as sort of a a jumping off platform, you know, rework the idea and, and do it better. If it's already working for people out there, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to completely redo it. You can just do it better. Okay. So there you go. That's the end of today. I know it was long, but this is the sexy traffic strategy. You research, keyword research, right? And write the 10 to 15 blogs, whatever works for you. You can post one or two uh, on your own website, but if you're already not getting traffic, um, you know, you're not going to magically get more traffic. So that's why we're going to offer to guest blog with these others. Now, here's something really cool. I don't know if any of you are Pinterest people, but you can create Pinterest pins for each of these, let's say 12 articles. And you can create a pin, even if it's not your own article, right? You can create that pin for that other blogger. You can create a a Pinterest board. And so let's go back to the idea of like teaching kids about money. So create a whole big board about teaching kids about money. Now you're going to use your own articles from your own site, but you're also going to go ahead and grab from those sites that you shared with to your Pinterest board. And then you're going to throw in a couple of Pinterest pins that you found like on Pinterest. And in the end, you're going to have this whole big board with, um, with these pins. And it's what's really lovely about Pinterest is, um, you know, you're not expected to interact with them, right? You're not expected to comment. It doesn't disappear after 24 hours or, you know, 90 minutes, like on Facebook. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing because, because your, your content just lasts and lasts and lasts and hopefully will get shared and shared and shared. So there is a video on how to do this on Pinterest in the companion class and some over the shoulder videos as well. Um, I think the Pinterest part is going to be really cool. Don't do that while you're writing. That's going to come next when you make the graphics and stuff. Okay. I'm going to stop it here because that was a long, that was a long one. But of course, because it was a sexy day, it had to be long. Okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow.